I'll give you a, a figure I found astounding anyway. Right now, there are more than 10,000 men, women, and children that are waiting on organ transplants, which in, in most cases will save their lives. And they're waiting, and there's going to be a lot of disappointment. There'll be a lot of happy people, too. Brad Adams is the president and the CEO of the Southwest Transplant Alliance. He joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. It's great to be with you. I'm, I'm astounded. That 10,000, is that a fixed number? Does that go up and down? That's, that's an enormous number of people. It is an enormous number of people. There are so many people who are in need of a life-saving transplant na nationally, but 10,000 of those here in Texas, that number does fluctuate. Um, we are able to uh, provide, uh, I would say it's close to 3,500 organs per year um, that will address that 10,000 in Texas. Um, and so, but we'll have that many more that are added back to the list who become in need um, themselves. And so it is a number that does uh, somewhat fluctuate, but it sits around 10,000 pretty much all the time. So tell me about the Southwest Transplant Alliance. Are you are you a clearinghouse? We are the organ donation agency that serves over 11 million Texans uh, in communities across the state. Um, we work with donor families. We work with donor hospitals, our hospital partners uh, who let us know when someone has been determined to be dead and is approaching an opportunity for organ donation. Um, Medicare uh, partners with those hospitals to let them know, let this organization know, let Southwest Transplant Alliance know about this opportunity. And so we will come and work with the family through that situation of grief that they are facing and helping them through uh, the decision process and the donation process, hopefully as well. Well, then who decides who gets the organ? Is that you? That is not us. That is a national organization. Uh, the Organ Procurement and Transplantation Network maintains the national wait list for each organ type. And so when we have someone who is now one of our uh, precious donors, we then uh, evaluate each of their organs for viability for transplant, and then we will go and run that national list. There's a number of factors that drive who lands on that list and in what order. And when we receive that list, then we will start to go down that list in that order, uh, reaching out to the transplant center where the patient is listed to, to, to determine, uh, for them to determine if it's an organ that they uh, believe is suitable for their potential candidate. So you have physicians or, or medical personnel that that grade, I guess, the the, 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 the potential donation, is that what it is? We do. We have a number of clinicians that will uh, evaluate each of the organs. We have a, a chief medical officer, a, an MD that is uh, here on staff as well. And then we have recovery surgeons on our team as well that can actually recover the organs that have been uh, allocated and placed for transplant that can recover those organs. And then we will package them up and get them sent over to the, the waiting recipient. So how do you find the organs? I mean, I know I, on my Texas driver's license, I can, you know, put a check mark on there, and I guess that that puts me on a list. But otherwise, do you you do you recruit, and how do you do that? That's sort of a sensitive thing. It is a sensitive thing, and you're right. The first place that people have an opportunity to think about donation is when they go to obtain or renew a driver's license, and they are asked that question: Would you like to join the organ donor registry? And for those who say yes and have a heart on their license, um, they are then entered into the uh, the donor registry. And that, that itself is authorization for donation. 
Um, if they've chosen not to join the registry, when the hospital calls and lets us know there's a potential for donation here, um, if they've not checked the, the box and they're not in the registry, Texas law under the Anatomical Gift Act says that the family then makes that decision. And there's a certain order that we work with, um, but we'll then go work with the family to uh, have them actually evaluate whether or not uh, they would like for their loved one to leave that life saving. So you can present the opportunity to the to the family. We, you're we you're invited in to do that. Exactly, that's what we do. Wow, how do you take? You know, there are big charges of politics in this business. I, I think back. Remember when Steve Jobs was was ill? I think he went all the way to Tennessee for a transplant or something, and they said, "Oh well, that's because he was shopping venues and." You know, only a rich guy could do that. I guess that's that's one of the kind of things you try to eliminate, isn't it? We do try to eliminate that. And we have a lot of improvements that we're working on. There's a, a national effort right now to really uh, reform the overall system to make sure that each area of the country is performing consistently in uh, recruiting uh, families to say yes in their registration options, in making sure that we're working with each community uh, appropriately so that we maximize opportunities for donation, regardless of where you are. You're right, Steve Jobs received his transplant over in Tennessee. Tennessee had a higher performing uh, area of the country and a shorter wait list because of that than where he was in California. So we certainly, the financial resources and such are really not a factor in determining the order of people on the list itself, but his ability to uh, list in different transplant centers in different parts of the nation, certainly yeah. something not everyone could do. But again, a lot of effort right now to raise the bar for every area of the country. There, you know, there are obviously a lot of medical breakthroughs and they could do things probably to save organs now and repurpose tissues and things like that, that they, that they couldn't do beforehand. But one of the most intriguing interviews I had was with somebody two or three years ago, and they were talking about the experiments they were going to do in space and on the space lab, and there were all these, these scientists that were up there, and they're going to do experiments. I said, well, why can't you just do the experiment down here? They said, well, I'll give you an example. We're, we're working on growing organs, livers, kidneys, that sort of thing, and it's the kind of thing you can't do with gravity around because it will collapse on itself. Is there any do you keep up with, you know, breakthroughs in, in, in medical science? We do all the time. And uh, we're actually partners in a lot of that research uh, in order for them to perform research. Of course, one of the things that you can do when you check the box is you're agreeing to your organ for uh, donation for transplantation, but if not suitable for transplant, also for education and research. And so we can actually, we partner with a number of institutions to provide them with what they need to be able to conduct some of those those research opportunities. One that we're involved in, for example, is where they are taking a kidney that is not transplanted. They are testing whether or not they can decellularize the kidney and then recellularize the kidney, the, the tissue matter itself, with the cells of the potential recipient so that now blood typing and blood matching or tissue type may not be a factor in how it is that we allocate organs. And so what's that potential or what's that, how can that really transform uh, the ability of someone who has a harder time matching yeah. to any uh, potential donor? How does that transform their ability to receive a transplant? I hadn't really even thought about that, but that's right. I mean, it, it, blood types, O negatives, or whatever become become important. So let me ask you about this, Brad. So how did you come to this? I, I was looking through 
you know, your CV and, and you're an attorney. Now, I, I understand that you've gotten into a noble, more noble profession now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, well, but I mean, how do you find your way to becoming the CEO of the Southwest uh, Transplant Alliance? Yes. Yeah, so I came to the Southwest Transplant Alliance as the general counsel originally um, and was responsible. Oh, really? Yes, and was responsible for uh, all of our uh, uh, legal matters that we engage with. I'm also a CPA by trade, and so had responsibility for the uh, finances, for the quality and compliance functions here, um, and really just the overall administration or operation of the organization, apart from what was the clinical operation itself, and, and not involved as much in that, although over time, those my engagement in those areas grew, and then as my predecessor uh, set her plans for retirement, um, the uh, board had me lined up to come in and succeed her as in this role. That's a fascinating, fascinating trip. So tell me about funding. How do you get funding for the Southwest sure. Transplant Alliance? Yeah, we we're a cost reimbursement model through the transplant center. So while we are a nonprofit, we really function more like what is a traditional business in that we don't do fundraising per se. We do have a fundraising arm that we use to uh, bring our community together, uh, give them an opportunity to uh, engage in our work and celebrate their donor family member uh, through like our 5K or through other things like that, where we can fund things like further education and registration drives or research that might not be otherwise funded through the reimbursement model. But generally speaking, the monies that we receive are from a transplant center who is paying us for the service that we provide of actually evaluating organs and recovering organs and getting to them for their recipient for transplant. Are there other organizations doing this within the state of Texas? I can see how it would be logical to maybe concentrate the, the business in one, but do you have competition? We don't have competition. Um, Medicare designates each of us by territory and says you have exclusive uh, operations in this territory. We don't want multiple uh, organizations uh, racing to a hospital to try to approach a family first. Of right? course, yeah. Um, we, are, we are one national system and we all do it generally in the same way, but we, have, we are all divided up by territories. There are three of us in the state of Texas and there are 56 of us nationally. That's a fascinating business and fascinating structure that that's involved. The uh, Southwest Transplant Alliance. The president and CEO is uh, Brad Adams. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much. I did as well, David. Thank you for the time. Thanks for more of our conversation. Go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.